Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, formerly McCarter Gets High podcast, and now High Minded with McCarter, featuring my new co-host, SK. Hey, what up? Woo! I'm so happy you're here to do this with me. Tell us a little about yourself. Um, really happy to be here. Um, I am SK. Um, I'm a former bud tender here in Boulder. Um, cannabis aficionado. Um, love it. Love the plant. Love all of nature's gifts. Um, yeah, Boulderite. Amazing. Yeah, we we met um, this year, and we our paths really just, you know, kind of came together in this lovely way. And we both just love plant medicine, and I thought it would be amazing to have her help me explore things on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I love what you're doing here, and I'm really grateful to be able to help out. Yay! Awesome. And today we talk to Aaron Shaw. Uh, He gives us all of his best uh, factoids and things to do with home growing from his experience. Yeah. Well, enjoy this episode with Aaron Shaw. Yeah, thank you guys so much uh, for having me. Stay high. Stay high. (laughs) Always. (laughs) So I do want to talk about home growing today or Andrew's like growing in general. Um, But I do also want to talk about these strains you brought. So I feel like we should just like get high and try some of these first. I mean, I think we have no choice. (laughs) I mean, we're sitting here looking at what six strains here. Um, starting off with the apple fritter by Lumpy's. So that was a pretty oh coveted cut um, going out to Lumpy in California. Cam, I thought, grew the best version of this that I saw. But I think Lovin' in Her Eyes did something pretty cool with that strain Wow! Uh, in terms of the terps and unique bud structure and color on that. Wow, that smells because, amazing. Because what's crazy is I see apple fritter in the market on the, on the retail level. I've seen it at probably five to ten stores in the past few weeks. And yeah. it looks like just every other blueberry headband slash Mandarin sunset. It kind of all just looks the same. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, you go to Cali and this, they covet this weed. It would be $80 weed in California for an eighth. Oh, yeah. And now I'm like, dude, you couldn't pay me to buy apple fritter from a random Denver dispensary. <laughs> so it's really bizarre how, you know, like, because these flavors would normally get me super excited. Wait, are these all from Lovin' and Arise? These are, except this is Denrec. Shout out to Mark. Um, so that's the one. I haven't actually had Denrec before, but I always see their like logo. So places. The, them and High Level Health have won the most cut cannabis cups in Denver by far. And those really? two of each won like thirty to fifty cups. I think High, um, high Level Health's up to seventy. And so you don't hear oh, about wow. those dispensaries as much as you do like the Cut Aboves and the Wolf Packs of the world. But I mean, they're doing really cool things at both those places because they're. They're, they don't outsource at either of those places. They're all about just keeping it in. And, like, when I call them to sell them weed, they literally laugh at me. Right? And they won't, they won't even lowball me like most people in the market right now. They just laugh at me and ask me how bad the market is. <laughs> um, well, actually, SK used to be a bud tender and a key holder um, at a local Denver dispensary. I don't know if you want Boulder. Boulder. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. You're saying Denver. Boulder. Boulder dispensary. Um, now, the Boulder try. dispensaries have been tough lately. I mean, the uh, sales all across the state are down. I don't know if y'all been seeing that, but they're down anywhere from I 20. Was to just going to ask you about like the economy and the market. I have been hearing that for sure. Uh, let me take a deep breath all right, and tell you that <laughs> it's the worst wholesale market I've seen since 16. 
And that was back. I'll never forget. I was selling indoor flour for $600 a pound. And it was hard. You mentioned that on the last episode. It was a hard time. It broke my heart. They could barely afford to pay me. Um, And, you know, because a lot of these guys haven't figured out how to grow it for $250 a pound, which is, I think, the lowest you can actually have quality you know, you can even have top shelf for 250 and most of these guys are in the 600 to $1,000 per pound range. And right now, if you're indoor mid-grade without a brand, without a social media presence, you'd be hard-pressed to get 1000 You might you'd probably get 800 right now in Colorado, whereas in, like, Chicago, even the same kind of weed, it'd be 3200 It'd actually be 4000 in Chicago. Wow. So that's insane. It's really bizarre, but um, they are actually issuing more licenses in Chicago in the next month from all the um, lawsuits that happen. And Florida's about to drop some applications, so that'll be big time. Wow. Um, So that'll be like the second level of operators, not the biggest guys, but Mm -hmm. the second, third biggest tiered guys who are in like states like Missouri, Massachusetts, that's who will be going there. Uh, So that'll be interesting. I think they're going to issue four more in Florida, I believe. Okay. Nice. So. Is is oh. the market down so much in Colorado because tourism is down? And I think it's a multitude. Or just like pandemic. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you my my ten reasons why. I think I'm down to eight now. Um, <laughs> but uh, first thing is that people are out of money, and it's just hard times. I have a buddy who told me he's going on DefCon Five uh, because he can't sell his weed right now, and he's just like, I'm. He's no longer going, going out. Wow. And so yeah, people are just like. They're not going to shows as much. And when they do go to the shows, they're eating mushrooms and, you know, they're doing cool shit. Like, yeah, um, you know, they're not trying to like do business deals. They're not. And they're not like I, people in Red Rocks used to like ask me for joints all the time. Now they're like, yo, man, like you can't sit here, man. We're we're at Green Sky, man. Like you're, we're not. <laughs> we put our blanket down four hours ago type of shit. They're not trying to smoke your weed anymore. Oh, my God. So it's really bizarre um, to see that, yeah, people aren't smoking when they're out. Um, I think also Oklahoma's affected the market. So the bridge yeah. customers that go buy for their friends and, you know, buy a pound at each or an ounce at each dispensary in Colorado, now they're going to Oklahoma where they can buy three ounces per store. They can hit 30 stores in a matter of, like, a block or two. And literally they can stack three to four pounds up in a matter of, like, probably an hour or two. Wow. And that would take two days here for them to do that to each store. Oh, my gosh. How much uh, of the market do you think are these – Bridge customers, you say, that are selling or going back or, and selling it out of state? Um, I mean, it used to be in Colorado that everyone would fight for them, you know, and it was a big, it was hard to get those ounce customers. And back in the, still now on medical, you can get two ounces, but getting the extra plant count patients, they were, they were the whole, only ones that were keeping the medical market alive. Right. But right now, if you had to ask me, gun in my head, bridge market in Colorado, <laughs> I'd say it's 25%, and that includes people mailing edibles to their friends. That includes, yeah. that includes everything. That doesn't. Um, wow. But now that I'm thinking about it, so many people are smoking a weed at their home in Colorado, though. I might have overshot that a little bit because the black market or the traditional market, I would say, is still alive here in Colorado. Yeah. So because that market is still alive, that doesn't you don't get as many of the bridge guys hitting the retail stores as you would. So that 25%, I might have overshot that. It's probably closer to 10 to 15%. It used to be higher. When but that's the medical- still a per- like a large percentage. It is. <laughs> and it used to be higher when the medical market was bigger. It used to be 120,000 patients in Colorado. Now there's down to like, I think 75,000. I mean, Oklahoma has got a way bigger patient base. Like Pennsylvania, the average transaction would be $200 for a, a transaction where here for medical, it's about a hundred bucks, but they just don't, 
the momentum is gone, and a lot of these stores have actually given up their medical licenses. Yeah, I so, was going to ask, have they um, talked about stopping the medical program at all in Colorado? Or? No, that has not been discussed, but with the regulations that they put on it, with um, with the, the way that they're not um, – they're not gonna. They make it very difficult to get a medical card when you're 18. They get you. You have to go to two or three doctors. They make it very difficult. So the 18 to 21 was driving that bridge customer gap, and that was actually fueling the industry. So that's pretty much gone. So those people can't get cards. The other people don't want to have their name on the list. And with the, um, they're they're having minimums now. They're only allowing you to buy. I want to say, don't quote me on this. I want to say, two ounces of flour. And there's, I don't know. I think the EPCs are pretty much trying to make those go away. Okay. Which is totally fucked up because some people need that much to, you know, keep them going. These terminal, right. terminal patients. Yeah, totally. Um, so right now, with especially with the packaging, have you seen the new packaging that they're talking about doing with the um, uh-uh. with the way either. they're making you sell uh, edibles in ten milligram packages? So that was t- there was talk about that going through and having the the packaging costs were going to just literally ruin the um, extraction facility prices but yes. i don't know if that went through i'd have to go back and check and look at that one wait through. no i did read about that bill i think it did go through i think it did so it's Packaging just been laws are destructive oh my to the gosh industry. really it's it's, it's like sad. the only people that can pay to keep up with them are big brands like wanna and it's, it's hard i mean packaging like i represent my 30 wholesale flower guys and if you look to see different types of packaging like this is really unique in front of us the love packaging mm-hmm. but you don't see that because there's not enough jars like packaging is really lacking in the industry i'm surprised we haven't seen you know a bunch of cool packaging companies because of the way it has to be child, child resistant safe, yeah. and mm-hmm. and they won't let you do clear packaging which is the worst part right. so guys like veritas have done a really good job keeping it all black and you kind of you just have to know that it's a good company otherwise you're just guessing yeah, yeah. so it's it's not cool because in california i want to say they have some clear but it has to have a label over it i think is how it works there okay uh, yeah when i go to different states it's always very different and it's um i feel like colorado has some of the most restrictive packaging laws um and labeling laws well, um, now they have those Grove bags. Have you see, guys seen those? So no. they're what they're what the um, the wholesale flower guys package their pounds in these Grove bags to keep the terps in there and to keep the integrity of the bud structure. And now what people are doing—that's what I need. Fuck. So you need this, and now they actually do many eighths of the Grove bags. And so this, and they actually have a window that you can open it. But I don't know if Colorado is allowing that. But the Mylar bag, I think, makes the weed go from like a ten to a seven. Mm. I think it's that big of a drop-off. Yeah. And I'm not going to mention the, the bag companies here offhand, but I told one of the growers this week, I was like, dude, until you're in a jar, man, like, I'm not smoking your weed. Or I'll yes. smoke it, but I'm not going to say it's like, the. I'm not going to say it's blowing me away mm-hmm. in terms of the bag appeal. But everyone in L.A. and California, everyone loves this Wonder Brett that's in, they're in the Mylar bags. And I'm like, it's all tiny... Popcorn buds. Yeah, I think it just compresses it from the outside, and it's just, um, like, you don't see weed that's, like, has its, the hairs, like, kind of, wick, you know, exposed and going in different directions. You just don't, it all is kind of cartel shave, we call it. It's got that, um, <laughs> yes. we call it the three-day hallway cure. And <laughs> shout out to Charles and Callie's on that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's not good. And so that's why there's... Colorado, 10 brands that are dominating that have held their price point, and then there's everyone else. And now time for a quick commercial break. This episode is sponsored by Equilibria, CBD by women for women. 
Equilibria. I've been taking their really yummy mint tincture. Can be shipped nationwide. You can check them out at their website, myeq.com. That's M-Y-E-Q.com. Another amazing thing about Equilibria is that they offer free dosage consults to everyone that purchases something from them so that you can totally understand what goes into taking CBD and how what the best um, dosage is for yourself, your body, your routine, your lifestyle. They really care about this CBD helping women, and that's why I love this brand. And I'm super excited to offer all of my listeners um, a 20% off code. It is code McCarter. That is M-C-C-A-R-T-E-R on their website, myeq.com. That's M-Y-E-Q.com. Back to home growing. (laughs) I know you're in gardens all the time. We kind of want to give people a like... Definitely, like, how to guide, break it down simply, very simply, but then also, you know, talk about genetics and all that. So how do you, first of all, start home growing? So the first thing I do as a home-time grower, um, a home grower, is go to a seed bank called Neptune Seed Bank. They have a lot of the better guys on there. Write it down, um, people. Neptune so, Seed Bank. So, yeah. So what you're going to do, you're going to check out these breeders. If it was me growing, take that for what it's worth. Some people would say that I don't know weed, and, you know, but I would tell them they don't know shit. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, those are the people that I'm selling their weed for too low of a price because their weed's not good. So they don't, <laughs> they don't count. Um, but uh, first I'd go in this order. Seed Junkie, who's doing a lot of the cookie strains. Um, next one I would do is Heard Compound. Mm-hmm. Compound's doing some really exciting stuff. Uh, Bloom County is running some compound right now. I'm sure you've heard of those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bloom uh, County's been hot for like the last couple of years or like year or two. I've heard about them. They, yeah, they're producing the heat for sure. Um, and then number three, I would say White East. Or, uh, White East is actually a, used to work for Compound and split up from him. And I think he was the talent behind Compound. Oh. And so he's doing this Marshmallow OG. Which I'm sure that you've seen that one. Nice. Um, I've seen that sounds sure. amazing. And uh, where yes, do I get that? You're gonna have to find me on that one. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's out in Denver right now. What are you really getting when you get the the best seeds and the best genetics? Yes, good question. Um, like, what are you losing when you get mediocre seeds? Um, I just think that the resin content's not gonna probably be there because it's probably the wrong cross of the original parents. Because mm. now, unless you like. You don't want these land race strains are just so triked out they're going to get in terms of blinged out bag appeal. Mm. So with this, you're going to get a really cool like grape pie, marshmallow. Like I saw a sour dub or I saw a a cinnamon sour dub the other day. You know, like there's just more new new coming out and they're all taking like these crazy genetics that were already beautiful in color and super resinous and they're crossing it with something else. Wow. That sounds amazing. So like – so there seems to be just another level with these top seven guys that these other guys just aren't even coming close to. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Thanks for that. Dropping that knowledge. Of course. Like in Colorado, everyone's buying from the same four clone bars. That's why you see the same strains in all the dispensaries. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, how do you cure weed at home? It's a good question. Um, so I think there's only one way. A lot of people like to use Boveda um, silver stainless jars um, or the food grade Home Depot buckets, and I'd say they're wrong. Like, they're off their fucking shit. Okay. Uh, I would tell you, glass jar, 
I like to use um, a little bigger than this mason jar. I would say almost like a uh, like a. Have you ever seen those glass brewery keg ones? Have you seen those? They yes. hold like two pounds. Yeah. You can strap it on. It's like a backpack, and you <laughs> can actually burp it without opening the jar. So it's super cool. Oh. So they're like these brewery jars. That's what people use for commercial. Okay. But for home those. grow, I would tell you, like a a ball, a little, uh, just like a standard size ball jar is what I tell you. But the key and the one trick, I'm about to. This is probably the this only. Is it. This this is it right okay. here. Okay. So a third full. Okay, if you go a half full or full full, that's what everyone does. But you want to let the weed, you want to let it breathe and, and open the top. You want to splash it around a little bit, kind of like you Give would a glass of wine. And um, let it, I let it soup and open for anywhere from a minute to 10 minutes. I kind of just depends on, you know, how wet or, or how dry it's going to be right at the moment. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I would tell you that's the ticket is third full, um, okay. obviously sort by strain. And get out the popcorn stuff and the other shit. That way you got these beautiful buds. Get rid of all the smalls and and call it a day. Wait, but cure the smalls in a different thing? Yeah, because I want to see my mason jar. If I want to look at it, I want to see the yes. top buds. Oh, I don't same. want to be seeing the popcorn fuck up my beautiful jar that I worked four months for. <laughs> that can go separately. That's the blunt weed. And You're so, so I keep right. that separate. And like you can use chicken wire to separate that if you want okay. to. You're so right. Wow. Okay. But I would definitely trim it on a glass table so you can get the keef. Totally do that. Oh, my gosh. Um, I never even thought of that. And then if you want, you can cut a hole in your table in the middle, and that way you push all your fan leaves into the little hole, and then the sugar leaves and all that, you go for blunts. That's why you don't smoke any fan leaves. That goes to the middle, and then the rest of the table will have keef all around it. Wow. Use every part of the plant. Okay. I need to do this. I didn't use my leaves the last time I grew at all, so. I mean, most people don't. But, you know, now with the edible so cheap here, it's, you know, it's like you can buy a fucking edible for 20 bucks. But, yeah, you don't need to make your own anymore. It's like rolling your own blunts, though. It's like. I know, but you're not going to. treat. I know, but like you're not going to make an edible like dialed in. Like I ate of those oh, the other night. Those are I so couldn't help myself. good. Uh, so. It's like they're better than Starburst. I mean, it's my. It's really unfair to when your edible becomes your dessert. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Um, okay. Next up, with that, you mentioned Boveda. So I think Boveda makes your weed Boveda. smell like Boveda. I think it's literally. It's like, all right, if you want to take your so three packets. months of work, the four months of work, it's like, cool. You want your weed to smell like Boveda? Here's your Boveda Kush. Um, so I hate Boveda. Sorry. I hope. No one from is listening, but that's just not my thing. I, if you have to re-moisten the weed and it gets too dry, what you want to do is you want to put a fan leaf in the turkey bag um, or the glass jar uh-huh. and put it in there for an hour or two and then take it out or you can put an actual stalk in there. And that way you're using the plant and it's not, you're not getting bad terps on it and you're using oh, all natural. Oh, that's so nice. genius. Yeah. Okay, so you don't think that the Boveda packets are really necessary? I actually, I, I would never use them. I really think it tarnishes um, the Just be au natural with I d- it. I do. And what are people using them for? Um, they're using it because Colorado's too dry. So mm-hmm. um, the average commercial grower doesn't think like me and you guys. They, they think, all right, what do I have to do? I'll, I can buy something on the internet to fix my wheat. And so... They're buying these big Boveda packs. I don't know if you've seen them. And they can actually put them in these. They can put them like in this, um, in the actual Boveda silver stainless to where it doesn't touch the weed. And they've got actually like. Oh, yeah. They have this like top slit thing it goes in. I used to have one of the jars. Yeah. So they've now really figured out how to make it commercially viable. And they're going to sell 
I mean, a fortune of them this year, next year. It's insane. Wow. Yeah, I know that they're doing pretty well. Yeah, they do well. <laughs> they, they do. Interesting. Are there a lot of things on the market that the um, that are marketed towards your home, like average home grower, that they don't need at all? Um, of course, because everyone's guaranteeing to add twenty percent to yield. Mm-hmm. You know, and like the only thing I think that does that is like really Moab or you know something like that. But most of the stuff is just all bullshit. Um, like the a new thing that came out recently was a canna brush. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes. And that's speeding up trimming. That's actually doing a pretty good job. I um, haven't seen that. What does that do? It's, it's just, it looks like a paintbrush and it just really, I would say it probably cuts your trim time maybe in by a third rather than hand trimming or maybe in uh, half. It just like gets all the leaves but, and stuff. But once again, it makes the weed go from like a 10 to an 8, you know, because you really, you're just not getting all the, um, you're not, you're hitting you're it too many You're not sculpting. Oh, that's exactly. So sad. Yeah. We got to sculpt it like the fucking David. <laughs> Statue, right? Why well, spend all this time growing it just to chop it all up? Yeah, destroy we gotta it. shape that penis. Yeah, Has I mean, anyone else seen that? I've seen it. I person. mean, I've seen it. I mean, insane. Um, <laughs> I, everyone out here is like, they're so they just can't figure it out. And we call it in the business garbage on a stick because it all just looks really similar. Um, yeah, it's really good to see this loving in her eyes, like. Every strain has such different bud structure and color, like you were saying. Um, I do want to talk about like terpenes and cannabinoid profile because that's something that, you know, people are becoming more aware of. And I'm always trying to become more aware of it because that's really what holds them like medicinal benefits. And especially when we're talking about like patients and the medical program, I have a medical card. Um, I think. Me too, yeah. SK does too. Do you did you ever dabble in the I just got my medical card because I had a I had a dispensary that was gonna lose their license if they didn't have a sale on their medical store. And then you have to have a continued use of the the license. So you have to do one sale, I think it is every month to keep the license active. Wow. So so I went and got my medical card. That was so nice of you. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it was. I had no idea. Uh, But I was happy. I wanted to join the medical program. And this way I can go get a, you know, a 300 milligram edible or 500 milligram edible for like 30 bucks. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I love being a medical patient. It's uh, a, we were just, what were those gummy? SK just gave me some robots, 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 robe, robots. Yeah. I don't know. Robots. How were they? Um, they're good. The, they were um, 50 milligrams? They are 50 milligrams each. They I love to see that because that's the mil. I need that dosage. I don't feel the 10 yeah. to 20. Yeah. Respect. Me too, guys. Uh, people look at you like you're like, like a stoner. I'm like, dude, 50 megs or die. You 50 megs or die. Right. It's like kind of whack when they sell them by like 20. I'm like, okay, now I need to eat half the package in order just to feel anything. Oh, the two and a half milligrams. I see these people, they go to Aspen, they buy... Uh, literally yes. got a family of four and they're four buddies, you know, and they're like, yeah, I'll take a pack of gummies and a pack of pre-rolls. <laughs> and, I wanna, and I'm like, what the fuck, people? Like, help keep the industry moving. And they're literally taking 2.5 gummies at their $400 fucking dinner. And I'm like, dude, yep. man, like, level up, my man. Seriously. It's like, oh, we'll split a 10 milligram edible for the weekend. I know. Like, and I don't understand because people, there's this argument that my parents are, or my dad is saying, and I don't know, other people that are older are like, Weed is too strong nowadays. Smoke more weed. And I'm like, hold on. No, no, no. It was just shit before. <laughs> they're, just, they're just so used to their land race. You know, they smoke the Northern Lights and the Bruce Banners. 
And like that was Maui Wowie. Yeah, that was it, always when I worked at the dispensary. Maui Wowie. <laughs> Everyone wanted the Maui Wowie, man. They're like, when I was in the Navy, the Maui Wowie no. was the shit. Dude, I wouldn't swear <laughs> the Maui Wowie with your lungs, SK. <laughs> I, I, you couldn't pay me. You know, but I've it's, seen things called Maui Wowie and it was what Maui it? let down. <laughs> <laughs> Maui bummer. I was like, book me a flight right back to the mainland. This is Maui, Maui nightmare. I, I feel you. I do. So good. Uh, yeah, you. I feel like you've seen a lot of stuff working in a dispensary. I mean, you used to own a dispensary. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool that you got in um, like. What led you to get in so early to the dispensary game? Um, so I used to own the Lindsay's Boulder Deli and the Hagen Dazs on Pearl Street Mall. Oh, and then wait, I saw right. I saw a place on the hill. I don't know if you remember Boulder Meds, and they were literally lines all around. Um, they would wrap around Case China, and people would literally sit there, and they you would sell weed behind a, a China. Like, you know the China walls, the temporary walls that people change behind? Yeah. Yeah. And they just literally go back there. They had 12 strains. It was the fire, $50 an eighth. And I was like, dude, and they, I don't even think there was a license on this thing. And, no license. Um, <laughs> uh, and next thing you know, it's just like blowing up in Boulder. Next thing you know, I think there was 67 stores in Boulder at one point. So I was like, I got to wow. get in. And that was when you could just apply for business license for 25 bucks, create an LLC, find a space that wasn't near a school, and you were off to the races. And what year was this? Uh, that was 09. Okay. Um, I think the first dispensaries wow. were 08 in Denver, okay. and Cam in Denver, and a few of the other guys back in the day at Cut Above. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it was popping back then. You know, you were buying weed for 4000 a pound. You were selling it for 7000 a pound retail. Mm. And it was still hard with taxes, and everything was, you know, half now, half later. I mean, it was hard to stay afloat back then, yeah. which now it's actually become the same way in the business. There's now credit applications in the business, and it's wow. a lot of terms. Oh, wow. holy um, shit. But, yeah, but <laughs> back to did you, back to dreams dying and going. Uh, oh, my gosh, yeah. So, wow. I mean, I, in California, there's a lot of brands popping up, and it was the, the hype brands and the trap brands were influencing the Colorado market. Is what was happening. It was all over Instagram, and then – and then all of a sudden, if you had the strains in Colorado, all of a sudden you were a cool store. So it was crazy yes. to see California carry over here. But what I think is going to happen is companies like Numb Nuts and, um, you know, startup cool companies like that um, dialed in. I think they're going to blow yeah. up. And, you know, I think that's going to be the next big thing because it's so much easier to start a brand. You know, it's yeah. it cost to buy a dispensary right now. In if you source. were to call me, it would cost you $2 million as the cheapest dispensary I have for sale. Wow. Where you could start a company in cannabis for anywhere from 50 grand to, you know, a million, whatever you want to put into it. I mean, I had a guy call me with THC Listerine strips the other day, and he cost a million dollars in equipment to start. And I was like, dude, man. You're in a long fucking run, man. Good, good <laughs> luck. He's like, no, but the text there, and I'm like, dude, how many people fucking have THC Listerine strips? I was gonna say, was it yeah. Great Escape or one? Of I those? mean, he claimed it was gonna knock me out. Okay, <laughs> so I, I had it right in front of him. Okay, and he put a timer on me with the watch, and I laughed in his face first. <laughs> told him, yo, man, like they call they call me sixty migs minimum. And uh, and I took it no problem. And I was fine. I felt a little something from it. Obviously, it felt pretty, you know, it was like standard edible high. Yeah. But I think brands are the way of the future. And if I was going to start my own thing and I was like, what am I doing? Pre-rolls now, many pre-rolls have taken off. Um, yes. I don't know if y'all have been into those lately. Everyone wants them. Um, selfies in Las Vegas. Have you seen those? Yep. Um, They're all over Instagram. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I think that the brands now, just because there's so many cool products, 
that need to be brought to the patients. Um, but I think it needs to be something you do every day or else I think it's just another idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you get um, a dispensary to pick it up with such limited shelf space and everything? It's You'd have yeah. to have something unique. And what you would do is you could white label out of a facility. That way you don't have to buy your own facility. Mm. So you can go. There's yes. places that you could actually do that now. Um, white label. You would need to know someone, obviously, to do that or know me. Um, <laughs> but... Um, Needless to say, yeah, that's that's a cool thing, and it's hard. Like, there's we need couple- an idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did my homework, and I listened to you guys' last episode, and you yes. did mention um, the McCarter cannabis brand, white labeling um, something in oh that gosh. realm. So, okay, we gotta if y'all wanted to, we gotta find our million dollar idea. That's I mean, like the D's nuts. I mean, it's but. out here. I mean, my buddy is D's trees, and he's crushing the cannabis game right now. Oh, and, trees. Uh, I told him he better not be D's mids, or I'm not selling that weed. <laughs> uh, but no mids. Um, yeah, because Colorado's become a land of the mids, and everyone's like, "What's better, Colorado or California weed?" And it's like, I don't. I won't even answer the question now. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, it's like it's just not what brand are we talking? Yeah, and I don't want to ever disrespect any certain growers. To, you know, depending where people are, very territorial. Oh, yes. It becomes a whole thing. Well, I remember last time we were talking a lot about how the big capital people that have, you know, multi-state operations are only growing mids and they (sighs) think it's like the best. And it's so tell us a little bit more about your journey of getting the best genetics to these hands that have people with the money. So the problem is the people with the money actually think the genetics they already have are the best. So I actually had a guy, I'm not mm. going to name the company, tell me that he had the best vape pen in the country. Okay. And literally. And he I, thought that. Yeah, and like... he believed it with his heart. My partner, Christopher Stefan, named six brands in front of him and shot this guy down. And they were about to fight in the streets. <laughs> oh, my of, gosh. Of Philadelphia about a vape pen. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I fake hit the vape pen and Christopher wouldn't hit it. You and, fake hit it? And so it's um, it's really bad because these people don't want they when I, I they're br- not open to yeah. the criticism. Yeah, because like I'll bring like guys like uh, Green Dot and be like, yo, y'all really need this brand in your state or you know, Seven Ten Labs, and they um, they don't they don't realize that they actually think that their brand is on le- par with these <laughs> other brands, and I'm laughing in their face. I can't hold back at that point <laughs> because then I'm, I don't want you know it's just too much for me to believe that these guys actually think that their baby's as good as this baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. For the consumer, what would you say is like an indication that uh, a a vape pen is not a good one. Like, um, a lot of times it tastes like this one. A lot of times it'll taste like metal. Uh, you can look at it in the thing and see it's dark um, and old. Usually that's from mm-hmm. old trim or old distillate. Uh, it'll do that. Um, but like now, I'll only smoke a rosin pen. Yeah. If I was gonna smoke a pen, like Green Dot's got a really good live resin pen mm-hmm. that I would hit. Natty Rim's got a great live resin pen. But um, these distillate pens are a dime a dozen, and they're adding the terps back in. Uh, yep. They're separating them and then taking them back in, and they're all—they're not even—they're more batches. They're not even strain specific a lot of times. Yeah, and they like make up these flavors fake with terps. with like botanical <laughs> terpenes. Yeah, I mean, like right now, if you're paying more, like you can get a distillate vape pen, uh, one gram for twenty-five to thirty bucks. But in it, it's just and if you're if you're a low-end consumer, that's what you have to get, and they're okay. They're not bad for you, but they're not the quality in terms of the high and the flavor that, let's say, a Laser Cat Seven Ten, you know, I Indico, love Laser Cat. you know, any of those brands are going to bring you. Um, so 
I mean, I do sell pens, and, and there is a big market right now. I actually think that uh, vape pens and edibles are squeezing out the flowers. So the flower used to be 50 to 60% of every store sale. Now I think it's gotten to be, like, closer to even 45, you know, which is a big jump. Forty, Maybe, wow. you know, 48. It's definitely dropped a few percent. Yeah. Everyone wants the gummies and the vape pens. Totally. Wow. So in. So interesting. What percentage is concentrates? Um, so concentrates usually gets looped into vape pens. Vape pens. Um, because um, so flower is usually like 50-ish right now. Uh, edibles 10%, and that would leave the 40% for concentrates and vape pens. If I had to break that down. Edibles is only 10%. I'm surprised, 10. yeah. It is. and this. I was just, like, wait, what? Well, it's just because like when it, people come and they buy an ounce, like, you know, for a top shelf ounce, it's going to be 200, 250. For their eight edibles... If they're dissolute edibles, which 80, probably 95% of the market is, mm-hmm. those edibles are 15 to 20 bucks. You're not going to, I mean, the sales, people aren't pushing. The, and the people that eat edibles, they're not like me and you, McCarter. You know, this guy, <laughs> that's not normal. Yeah, they're, they're like the people we were talking about earlier in Aspen. Yeah, I want my two and a half, one to one. Uh, they taste like a strawberry pina colada. <laughs> <laughs> and the full experience is like having a strawberry pina colada. Yes, with it. <laughs> wow. Um, so what would you see as the biggest issue with people trying to get into the cannabis industry right now? In terms of like the um, the biggest hurdle, most is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah. I would say uh, capital and getting the right investors. Um, I think that people... They, they think that they can go and start a random third-party hash company and get the right material. And unless you're dialed in with the right growers, that's really hard to do. Yeah. Um, the, a lot of these guys think that an older grow or an old building can be turned into a good grow, and it can if they spend enough money on it. But then they might as well just get a, a brand-new building and start – or an old building and not even buy somebody – buy another grow at that point. What's the – Biggest issue for people trying to get into the cannabis industry industry currently? I would say capital, uh, getting the right investors, getting the right partners, and building the right team. Because it's hard to find people unless you give them equity. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're going to find a dispensary, it's hard to find things that are zoned properly. Like deliveries Zoning, coming in. Yes. You know, and delivery, they made it in Denver. Wait, where, yeah, where, well, I don't even know. Catch me up. What's right, happened? So delivery, the, um, I think personally think they fucked up the laws. I hate to say this. Ooh, you hate um, to see it, people. But <laughs> this is what's happening. So Denver, you know, unless you are attached to a social equity license, yes. you are not allowed to deliver. So people are um, really? having to get in bed and partner with people that they don't know just to get a social equity license, and it's really difficult. What is a and social equity license? So it means you've either you've had a crime of a cannabis in your past, You've made a certain um, under a certain level of income, okay. Um, or you're a person of uh, minority okay. or of color, and um, and those people are eligible to apply for a dispensary in Denver right now. Oh, cool. But so, but it's very mm-hmm. difficult because right now there's not much space that's zoned properly. You know, yeah, it's like the, good intentions make bad legislation sometimes. And exactly. I mean, to find the zone, property that's zoned, I get that question all the time, and that's not really what I do. I sell mm-hmm. assets. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just very difficult. And then as like an extractor, you have to know the right growers, you know, people to get hooked up to. So it's hard to just be a single third party extraction guy. There's, right. it's just, it's, it's very difficult. And, uh, people, you know, see these people making millions on TV and it's not that easy. People, 
Uh, yeah, it's but, a lot of hard work. Yeah, can I bring my homegrown weed and become a millionaire in the next five years, do you think? Or? That's what people yeah. think. They're literally like, okay, well, I can do it. I'm that gonna, was my thought, yeah. I have some capital. This guy's going to loan me a million, uh, like whatever. I mean, back in the day in 09 and 10 before Rec hit, like that was that was a thing and you could become a millionaire, you know, if you just had a guy that would throw you 100 or 200 grand. But now unless you start a brand, it's – the you did, the costs are so expensive, unless unless you start a dispensary from scratch. But it's even then, like in Massachusetts, that takes you know six months to a year sometimes to even get a host agreement. So it's really difficult. Oh my lord! Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, you have some ash on your forehead. I oh think my that happens to me all the time. Stick. I think it's the. It's that uh, lighter situation. Oh, okay. I was like, if the it's toker the tar poke, cutter, it's I the toker that. poker. <laughs> um, okay. I also have, I was re-listening, you know, to our last episode. Um, you, I love that you touched on these four main, like, demographics of people. We talked about the bridge customers. And then there, you said there's the soccer moms. The 40-something guy who has to have the best weed. And then the Instagrammers who want to say they have the hot Zaza. Which I love that quote. <laughs> but do you think these are changing, um, especially with, like, federal canna- cannabis legalization, like, being talked about? I think that there's definitely newcomers coming in. But the problem with targeting the newcomers is, is they don't smoke that much. You know, so there's, yeah, you're bringing new consumers into the market every day. Um, and I do feel like younger people are coming in at an earlier age. Um, but to me, I feel like it's always been those four customers. And I just feel like that the Instagram people are driving the Instagram and concentrate people who are smoking the right brands are driving revenues to these stores and to these brands. And I, and I think that they kind of, I'm not saying they're dictating the industry, but they're definitely influencing it without a doubt. Okay. Very interesting. Um, so do you think, legacy brands from the traditional market, um, especially like growers, have a hard time coming into the legal market? I think it's just hard because they, you know, they, they're hesitant, you know, because there's just so many, so much different in terms of compliance and taxes and so forth here. They don't have to deal with normally. Um, but I do think there's an opening if they want to, like, you know, there's a lot of the California brands that have made it out. There's even a few Colorado brands that have done it. So I'm not going to say it's impossible. It's just, it's it's tough. It's steep. You got a steep climb. Exactly. And a lot of them don't, you know, to build a 10,000 square foot grow to, to make it worth it. You know, that's going to cost you. And if you do it really cheap, you know, maybe a million and a half bucks, but it could cost you $2 million plus. If you do the LEDs oh and the double God. stack, so then you're going to have to get in bed with somebody at that point. The LEDs and the double stack. And that's what Indico's doing, right? That is what Josh and Owen and down there are doing there. I saw your post. <sighs> I was like, ah. They're killing it. They're, I, they're honestly the first people I've seen that grow good quality top shelf on the top deck. Like, I, I didn't think that <laughs> top was Top shelf on the top shelf. <laughs> I had no idea that could actually be a thing. I saw a uh, fourth level the other day or a third level at Clarity Gardens. What? And it was cool. Like, it looks cool. But, like, the guy up there looked like he was, like, about to fall the fuck over. <laughs> you know? And, like, I just, I don't know. How excited are you to prune a plant, like, 12 feet, 15 feet in the air? Oh, I would definitely be nervous. Uh, I'd be like, I need to be strapped in up here because. Yeah, arborist at that point. <sighs> yeah. 
Oh my gosh, that is nuts. Yeah, but like everyone's going to the double stack and they're like, yo, you have to double stack now. And I'm like, dude, like why people? (laughs) You know, and they're like, you get the extra canopy and the extra space and like, I don't think you do. I think by my calculations, if I had to put a number on it, I think you get about 20% extra growth space because of the hallways and the, you have to get to it from both sides of it. Right. So it's uh, like all these people are like, yo, man, we're building this out. I'm like, all right, well, good luck. You're going to double Seriously, or triple your luck. cost. Like, <laughs> and the people like Indico who know how to do it are um, um, a dime. They're, 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 they don't exist. Wow. Oh, so what so yield are they getting with it? Um, I mean, they're getting probably those guys, I would say two pounds of light, probably something like that, uh, because they're not growing for their top shelf brands. So the top shelf mm-hmm. guys that don't care about getting three pounds plus, that's more of the mid shelf guys who need to hit two to, you know, two to two and a half grams a watt or whatever, because mm-hmm. they need to fit a business plan to go sell their 900 to $1,200 weed. <laughs> or they're going yes. to do that to sell $4,000 pounds and become... You know, the richest people ever in the limited license states, one of, one of the above, because they know unless they have a Colorado or a California consultant who's helping them, who's grown, or they have the best badass home grower ever, they're not going to have quality top shelf. Mm. Makes sense. It all makes sense. So kind of a little bit more of like, where else do you see the cannabis industry grow- going? I know I've kind of indirectly asked it a couple times, but... I think it's going to more to products. You know, and I think uh, you'll see a lot of guys switch from distillate to rosin. You'll oh, I've, um, I'm seeing that right now. I feel like in Colorado, that was my next bullet point is the push for solventless. Well, yeah, like you'll see a lot of edibles that are coming out in solventless in the next time. You'll see you're seeing a lot of cool like can of cigars and um, like wax infused slow burn joints. A that lot you're seeing of a lot. those. And so it's just becoming a more product oriented rather than the traditional joints and flour. It seems like um, every day I'm seeing a new edible come out. But uh, back to your question about where cannabis is going, the one other thing that I'm seeing is that the research, there's a lot of research with the hospitals on the East Coast partnering up with growers. So it's been kind of some, they're doing a lot of research on the cannabinoids and terpenes. And um, that's amazing to hear. I haven't seen any of this. So, yeah, so that's what's happening now. And they're they're called. They're called Chapter 20 licenses in Pennsylvania. Oh, and okay. So it allows you to have six stores and uh, cultivation. They partner up with these research labs or with the universities like Drexel out there. Nice. And so I think that more states will adopt that. I feel like it's going there. I heard, I want to say, I also heard there was like, um, never mind this, this, never mind this one. <laughs> I can't discuss people, but there's. <laughs> There's a lot of things happening right now in We cannabis. actually can't discuss that currently. It's oh. really cool, though. Are they going to start <clears throat> marketing just based on the canna- uh, cannabinoids and terpenes? And- I think they are. Like Companies like Takuna Alum who have figured out how, how strains affect certain people, I feel like it has to go in that direction because they, we need to get these new consumers and get these doctors and medical patients their medicine uh, and get the doctors on board to believe in it enough because a lot of these people yes. won't do it unless the doctor tells them to do it. Yes. Um, and it's, there's a big issue I found. Well, my sister's actually a doctor and like her husband uses cannabis every day for his IBS. And so she's a big proponent of it, but there's like a big portion of the medical community where doctors who do support cannabis are looked down upon mm-hmm. and it's so tragic and awful and it's like, how do you, and apparently you can like get your 
like medical board license taken away or something still in certain states and yeah in certain states if you're like can like condoning consuming cannabis i guess or say that you do i don't know people get with the fucking times right yeah and with psilocybin too we talked a little bit about that last time um yeah i microdose probably like twice a week and i love it (laughs) i think it helps my happiness overall demeanor I agree, yeah. You do too? To all of that, yeah. Uh, about two to three times a week, I would say. Are you into the microdosing <sighs> so at all? So I'm into it when I go to shows and on the weekends. My work, you know, people arguing, you know, about millions of dollars. You, you can't know, be microdosing? And, and it's really hard, you know, because these growers, I'm trying to sell their flour in these transactions, you know. We want to make sure we get them to the right facility on time. Um, so, um, <laughs> the, you know, it's hard. you got to communicate with these couriers who, you know, they'll – no one knows where the fuck this weed is. Uh, it'll be out. It's randomly. in the hands of someone. Uh, so. Big consequences. You're in the office just like dancing. <laughs> but yeah. needless to say, I'm into it. And there's, uh, I'm seeing a lot of strains like Ecuador's that are super approachable. Uh, I really enjoy uh, Dreamweaver Illusions. Um, okay. The penis envies, it seems like it become the blue dream of the yep. uh, I was mushroom world. Thinking yeah, I see the, the same. apes everywhere. And the, well, Albino. the golden teachers. Everyone's like, I want golden teachers. <laughs> My people, man, like, get your mind right. <laughs> yeah, we were, um, SK and I were talking about trying to grow some mushrooms um, after I, after we harvest our cannabis. So I don't know. Have you ever tried growing mushrooms? So I have not, but I have a lot of friends who are doing it, and I have people that are starting to make some really good money doing it. Oh, um, okay. And uh, they're renting out houses, and they're creating brands. And, wow. And so I'm starting to see that Wait, happening. doing, like, the chocolates or, like, capsules or what? Just yeah, yeah, selling actual whole? Whole products, a yeah. lot of capsules and chocolates mostly. Okay. Um, with cool packaging. Um, Hell yeah. I am actually seeing that come out, and I'm seeing – um, a lot of research being done on them and like, I want to say there's like random islands that are having like these researches, um, oh, centers cool. done. Yes. Um, well, uh, we talked about, I think I told you last time my, I have friends that have this company Midasin that transported, um, psilocybin and, and other mushrooms from Jamaica to Canada to their research labs there and done like all legally. But that wasn't through the US at all. I mean, I think it's gonna be definitely a solid business because I think the doctors will get behind it, you know, because I've oh, I have yeah. a bipolar friend who I've seen use it and actually, you know, seen really good results. I'm just That's worried. incredible. Like, I just get concerned because, like, someone like you who microdoses, I mean, how many ounces are you really buying? You know, you're probably taking a point one, point two. Mm-hmm. So you, you, I just, I wonder. Is the market there? Is there a recurring customer for this product? Like, who's buying an ounce of mushrooms and consuming it? Like, if well, you're microdosing. The f- yeah. Well, is this also something the pharmaceutical industry can, like adopt or like exploit yeah exploit there it is <laughs> well, like i'm seeing um a company called um silo have you heard of them marley no. marley one marley marley one. Oh wait i have and, seen that um and they're doing like it's not actual um hallucinogenic but it, it's people are buying it just for the effects from the natural mushrooms oh yeah so well I, I take lion's mane and like a plethora of this like immune mushroom thing every day. Yeah, I do a uh, chaga in hot water in the morning and lion's mane. I do lion I just made my aunt, yeah. um a combo of reishi, turkey tail, um, lion's mane 
and Chaga for her um, unfortunate cancer diagnosis, which is now a surgery, took care of it, but... Turkey tail is really good for cancer. I have seen research. Oh, well, fantastic fungi that it's on Netflix now. Go watch it. Have you watched it? I have not, but I have. I oh, need it's that. good. I'm to check that out. Also, a book by Paul Stamets. Um, fantastic fungi. Yes, like adopted a, from the book. Yeah, from a like a coffee table book. Beautiful pictures. He's amazing. Yeah. I want to have him. He's like the fungi god. I mean, I've been busy watching White Lotus. I don't know how it yes. sucked, how it sucked me in. Oh my god, honest. White Lotus was so good. I'm obsessed with Jennifer Coolidge. I'm just gonna put that out there. I want to meet her one day. Maybe smoke some weed with her. Which brings me to a question I want to ask every guest now: Who would you smoke weed with, present or in the past? Who would it be, and why? God, that's a really good question, Carter. <laughs> I thought of it when I was high in the shower right before our recording. <laughs> I mean, I've been on another show, and my buddies at Cannabis Talk Radio, and I said George Wash or George, uh, Abraham Lincoln, and I've rethought that answer. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just thought the guy needed some weed, and he was doing some really cool shit. Chill out, man. But now, um, and shout out to Joe Grande and Blue and those guys and those uh, pot attorney lawyers are doing some cool things. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, now I see them on Clubhouse. Yeah, they're they're doing some really cool stuff uh, with Koala and uh, yeah, doing some funny shit. But uh, I would say the regulators in these states, if I had to say, um, because they just don't get it and they think that you know people are stoners still, and I think that they're the ones who need it because they. I mean, look at. Um, Look at a place like Oklahoma or even Colorado where they were allowed and the people got access and they got affordable medicine. And then you look at somewhere like Massachusetts and Chicago where you see people Instagram receipts of cannabis selling, buying a $480 ounce. Um, oh, so my gosh. These, that's so sad. Yeah, so, so these people, like, I get told all the time, like, Aaron, you like, I can't believe you smoke weed all day. Like, and people say that to me, and I'm like, yeah, like, I smoke it's weed good for all you. fucking day. <laughs> yeah, Like, I'm not Same. listening to Cypress Hill, like, you know, while I'm doing it, not necessarily, <laughs> but yeah, I'm blazing out. And people are like, yo, like, you actually sound like you know what you're talking about. And I'm like, really? I thought I was a stunner. Weed uh, <laughs> but, uh, Yeah, I feel like that couldn't happen. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but really good we're question. Breaking, we're breaking stigmas. Wow. So I also have a really strong passion that I want everyone to be able to grow their own cannabis medicine. Um, and I think we talked about a little bit that in Florida you, like, can't really grow cannabis. I don't know if that's changed. Um, a lot of these limited license states on the East Coast are banned home grows. Um, and, and they that, are still jail sentences. It's bad out there. That makes me so, so sad. So, like... I don't know. I just want to discuss like I why that's so important. Um, well, <laughs> jail sentences. That's well, out of but control. that's fucked up. Yeah. The jail. Wow. But yeah, you got companies like Jungle Boys and bigger companies are actually standing up for home grow now. Um, there's a company Terabita out in Philadelphia that was doing it, and like it seems like it's gotten more support from the legalized part of the industry, um, which has been refreshing to see. Yeah, for sure. I just want everyone to be able to grow like their own. Tomatoes. I mean, I have one tomato plant, but like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, basil and cannabis. It will keep you sane and it'll keep you healthy. Look at, look at us. I think we've never looked better, people. I agree. Youth, it grows right from the ground. From but the then um, I've also been seeing a lot of stuff 
on the internet, of course, um, Instagram specifically, about kids smoking cannabis like too young for the first time and like getting quote unquote like addicted or into this too young. So like what do you think is like a proper age? Because then you see like 18 or 18 or even younger people that really need them for it for the medical benefits. I mean, I think if you're needing it for medical benefits and like for your health, I don't really know if there's an age cutoff, honestly. Yeah. I think there's, you know, anyone should be able to have access to that. Maybe not smoking. Medi- but but at least, like. But at least vaping or whatever for medical purposes. Yeah. I think it doesn't matter the age. Yeah. Um, but I personally like started when I was, I want to say 11 or 12, maybe 11, taking my dad's roaches and grandfathering these roaches. Yeah. Like, that was the thing. Wow. And now, um, I just I, I'm seeing it a lot in high school, and I think that like it really depends on the person and, and the yeah. family and the environment. Like I definitely don't condone it for kids at all, but in high school, I mean, high school high, times are hard, you know. Oh yeah, and, I started probably when uh, I was 14. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear all the time that you shouldn't start till 18, but like I feel like it's just like everyone has their own opinion of it, and I feel like it should really be up to the person or their household, you know. Right. I think that's a great take. Sk, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think it's, um, you know, you can't control what teenagers are going to do to an extent, and uh, people got to make their own choices. But yeah. I don't know. I I think if the research is there, um, follow it. I mean, yeah. Believe you, science, I guess. I yeah, know. I mean, you gotta be, you got to be cool. <laughs> you know, not everyone can be the quarterback. You know, sometimes you got to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. If people are passing around to join, it's like... I wouldn't say just say no. Like, yeah, you don't. No one wants to be the LW lightweight. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but not everyone can be the quarterback, like, or the captain, like, or the coach. <laughs> Even like He's smoking the most weed. I mean, she. someone has to be the the water boy. <laughs> I, I feel like in this situation. Yeah, water for everyone. <laughs> um, okay, I just have a couple more, and we can... Oh, it's six. Okay, fuck, I wanted to wrap up at six. Well, let me just list off any of them if you want to talk about any. Um, I was just going to say why consulting is the key um, to success in the cannabis industry, like, across the country. Um, dissecting 280E a little bit and, like, how legislature plays into a lot of, like, how these companies can make money. I know we talked about packaging having such a big impact but um, uh, I think that was basically it. Oh, and then celebrity. The issue with, like, celebrities uh, or even, like, fashion brands starting their own weed brands when they know nothing about the industry. Like, Edie Parker, that flower, they launched their vapes, and they have botanical terpenes. And I was like, this is disgusting. I coughed so I was like, I'll try it. I I read the packaging. I was like, this is gonna be terrible. <laughs> but I read it. And of course the pat the packaging is the cutest packaging I've ever seen. I wish I had it for you. But it's like super beautiful. You yeah, know, their like their marketing team is on point. That's it's like marketing with a great um, marketing. Yeah. But they're like box. a luxury purse brand out of like New York City that launched mm. this cannabis. Anyway, the vape was terrible botanical terpenes added back in what do you see the issue and like little wayne's weed launching here maybe we can end on that so i think that the biggest issue i see is that most of the time celebrities are not 
actually behind the brands or even paying attention. Like I did see Method Man was out at um, at Wolfpack and Simply Pure recently, and it was cool to see the engagement. Um, but most of the times it's private equity firms, some guy who's never smoked weed in a fucking suit. Yeah. Right? And he's telling me, literally calling and blowing up my phone, telling me how he's going to be the next big Willie Nelson brand. Okay. And the next big celebrity brand. Yeah. So first I take a bong hit and put him on mute. Okay. <laughs> and, and then after that, I, um, I'm like, dude, man, like, first of all, do you know who the growers are here and who you're going to get your weed from? It's like, yeah, yeah, I know this guy and this guy and this guy. And I'm like. All right, well, that's mids, garbaggio, and low mids, okay? Uh, And they picked the wrong guy and the wrong horse because the facility looked nice on Instagram or they thought the facility was nice and they had some cool strains. And you're like, dude, man, like you picked the wrong horse, man. Uh, So I think that's the biggest problem with this um, celebrity flower brands is people are getting duped into it because the packaging is cool. They like the celebrity. And they're like, all right, dude, I'm going to buy this. You know, and then I go to their house and I laugh at them. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and then I'm like, how much did you pay for this? Where did you get this? And they're always telling me it's, you know, most of the time over 40 and 8th in Colorado, which is an expensive 8th. Yeah. And I uh, just, so it's a, I'm not going to say it's an epidemic, but I'm, I'm going to tell you it's a fucking problem, people. It really is. Um, it's just do your research, um, you know. Keep learning. Yeah. We're always learning. Know what you're smoking and eating and don't just uh, buy things because the packaging is beautiful. Yeah. If the packaging is beautiful and the content is great, then buy it. We just, yeah, we're always looking for that full package, you know? It's hard. Transparency is hard. But now the growers have to put their ingredients on there. Mm. So it's gotten a little better in that regard. Mm. But Mm -hmm. it's still like, I mean, these celebrity brands, man, like, people are like, yo, man, hit this fucking Willie Nelson. I'm like... (laughs) Yeah, let me hit that, man. I didn't know they were still making that. That's uh, They are still a thing. Oh, my. Wow. Well, I do feel like we need to wrap up due to time's sake, but thank you so, so much, Aaron, for coming on. We're, we will have you back anytime. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. You're the, the best. Shout out to High Minded with McCarter. And I got to tell you, like, I've done a few podcasts, and I I really, this this thing is, like, I love hearing, this is, like, super chill. If y'all, like, want to hear high-level content, cool weed shit, you got to join SK McCarter and check out High Minded with McCarter. And uh, I'm just telling you, like, I don't like doing shows. I don't like talking. You probably couldn't tell that. (laughs) And this shit has been cool as fuck. We've been blazing here and talking cool shit. So thank you for having me. Yes, thank thank you you for bringing all this amazing weed, mostly by loving in her eyes. Oh, these genetics. I'm going to buy some of her seeds. Yeah, this wedding mint uh, star dog is looking up the looks. Sorry. It's just amazing. It's like a chandelier. Glistening. (laughs) Um, all right, sweet. Uh, oh, thanks. Thanks for listening. Uh, see you next time. <laughs> see you next time see on High Minded with McCarty. There we go. See you next time. <laughs>